0: This is 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush. That's Adam Luckett. As always, we're presented by our friends at Monticello Bank, where people matter. They're mattering all over across the Commonwealth. They're here to take care of you. And we're here to make sure that you know what the hell is going to happen this Saturday when the Alabama Crimson Tide come rolling into Lexington for the first time since 2013. Luckett, Kentucky's two- 38-1 Thirty eight and one all time against Alabama. So we're we're saying there's a chance. Um but as one person on KS board asks, when are we gonna start expecting wins over top ten teams? Um when Kentucky wins more than two games all time against Alabama. So it's history is not on the cat's side in this matchup.
1: Both wins were in Lexington. So Kentucky has that going for them. There we go. But you're right. This has been a, they they haven't played a lot to longtime SEC schools, but things haven't gone well when the Cats have played the Crimson Tide. Mark Stoops has played them three times, all Crimson Tide wins by four by at least four touchdowns. But with that said, Nick, this is the worst Alabama team Nick Saban has had since his first year there. Now that's a high bar. <laughs> I mean <But> that's. <laughs> That's just a fact. It, yeah,
0: it also like, I mean, worse since he's been here. They they did lose Louisiana Monroe that year. There was there's a very funny that's a very fun uh, anecdote about and that game was at home too. Like, yeah, that's like it was one in of yeah it's like one of only four teams to beat Alabama at home in the Saban tenure, and one of them is Louisiana Monroe. So it's like they are they're bad, and then like monster good, and then like. And then there's this, which is still pretty damn good and competing to be in the college football playoff. So yeah, uh,
1: but I think um, I think there's a lot of crowning going on this week with Alabama. Obviously, so they deserve it after beating LSU. Um, they're six and zero in the SEC. They deserved everything they've gotten. We are, do Nick. That is true, Nick Bowman. That is true. Uh, but this this isn't. Kentucky's not walking into a situation that is just, oh, God, let's not lose 50-7. to seven. Let's get out of here just, little, just get our players out of here healthy.
0: This isn't the Devontae Smith-Mac Jones team that had like a bunch of guys who star on Sundays on it.
1: Yeah, this is not 2019 Joe Burrow, LSU. You oh,
0: know, you not... had to go straight to the Bengals quarterback, <laughs> didn't you?
1: Well, I mean, he is the man. I mean, you
0: uh, – oh, hmm, Fair enough.
1: He is the man. Uh, but anyway, like I do think Kentucky's got if they like to me, this week is really all about them coming out and playing well. They haven't played well in these games. I think that's the biggest issue. Not necessarily they haven't won, but they haven't played well in these games. They haven't made teams sweat in the fourth quarter uh, in these top ten type games. Outside of the times they've played Florida when Florida was ranked that high under Stoops. Like they've got to start performing better in these games, and Nick, they're running out of runway here. Okay, you've lost three games already. Three teams that are ranked higher than your top fifteen teams, but Kentucky's in a position where they should have been able to pick at least one of those off. So you don't pick any of those off, and if you lose this one, which is probably likely, every like the season is everything is riding on that at the end of the year, that game against Louisville. Mm -hmm. And if you lose that, that's like, these are two really disappointing seasons in a row and people are going to be very upset and there's going to be a lot of criticism. I think fairly will come this program's way. Uh, So that's on the table. And like, this is a big moment because you at home, Mm -hmm. you just haven't played well here since the Florida game. That was like two months ago at this point. Now, uh, so, like, you need to come out and put together a good effort, a good plan. Uh, Alabama's been in close games this year. Even their best games, they're not blowing people out of the water. You know that uh, to LSU was a two-touchdown game. Um, Ole Miss game was close for a while. Uh, Arkansas, AM and were close ball games. So it's not like they're just pummeling people. Uh, that, like, you need to give yourself a chance to win this ball game on Saturday, and it can't just be well. You know, we just caught them on their their best game. You know, they're na- they're in national title contention now. They're all you know, they're foot on the gas. Like you, you, you need to go out and play well. So I think there is there is a lot riding here. This is not just let's just go in and get out. Like, you need to go out and play good in a stage like this because that is because it's starting to hover over the program that whenever they play these top teams that they're just not up to snuff because they've gotten blitzed in these types of games. That needs to stop happening.
0: You know what is up to stuff, though? The the, the customer service at Monticello Bank. Because, like I said, that's, that's where people matter. They've got plenty of different locations all across Kentucky, and you can bank anywhere with the GoNBC mobile app or NBCBank.com. They've been in business for 128 years because they're putting people first. They're getting the numbers on your side to get you the de- best deal possible. They're great partners of us here at Eleven Personnel and their equal housing lenders, member FDIC, which means they'll hook you up with home loan, auto loan, whatever it may be. Monticello Bank. Give them consider for your personal banking or commercial banking needs. Monticello Bank, where people matter. Proud presenting sponsors of Eleven Personnel. Look like it before we you set the table for us, and we'll get into the nitty gritty with Alabama. But I wanted to start by asking you a question to kind of get in the intermediate, the, the, the short term, instead of just looking at this big picture where this team stands. But it, was there anything from that Mississippi State game that you saw that gave you more confidence about Kentucky going into this Alabama matchup? Because we knew that was a must-win, that was against a bad offense, was there anything you saw that actually gives you a little bit of like, okay, like I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better than maybe I was a, a week or two ago? Uh,
1: Devin Leary's wizardry in the pocket could be big this week. If he can yeah. alleviate some of that pressure uh, when they come and extend plays. I think defensively, just getting some confidence was pretty big for that group.
0: That was definitely a situation where you need to go to the free throw line and knock some of those down just to, like, know that the shots can come in, right? There's not a complete lid on the basket because they were playing about as bad as you could, and now they're getting ready to face a very explosive offense. You didn't want to have – I mean, this stupid Tennessee Josh Heupel offense, just – it has a way of getting – I mean, it's about how – I hate keep using basketball analogies – But it was about how like Patino got all worked up before he would play Kentucky every year at Louisville, and it it, it got in his own head. I think you're kind of seeing that. So it's good that they they did get a slant buster. Uh, Mississippi State only averaged 3.3 yards per play. I know that offense stinks. But even to kind of respond to adversity and kind of buck up and force a field goal at the end of that 20-play drive – uh, that, that that at least showed that okay, they got they got a little bit of character here, they got a little bit of resolve here. They're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but um they, they did they they are better than what they put on tape, you know, those that during that three game stretch.
1: Yeah, my response to that is we've seen Mike Wright miss to be state three SEC games. Arkansas, Auburn, and Kentucky. Arkansas and Auburn, their defenses are better than their offenses this year. Like, those aren't bad defenses. And Kentucky had a better day, better outing, and it was in Mississippi State's house, not on the road, than all of those defenses did. So, to me, it was just like, oh, this is what that this defense is when they're not playing a top 15 offense. Like, that looked a lot like the Florida game when you kind of go back. Oh, well, they just kind of overwhelm um, a not good an offense that isn't good, essentially. Uh, and so that – just having some confidence in this game is big. And because this week, Nick, I think it's all about the defense. I think big picture this year has been about the offense, but this week's about the defense because of what you just mentioned in these other three games. They just haven't played anything close to winning football. They,
0: they've gotten their asses kicked. And yeah. and it's been in, uh, in a variety of ways because Tennessee yeah, just absolutely. ran it all over them. And then Georgia did it with the passing game. And now you're – you're going up against a, a quarterback that really hasn't been a badass until as of late. So it's like, hey, you know i i don't I don't know what to feel about it. But to your point, right. like it, like in some of those games, they've scored some points, but the defense has just really let them down. So will they can can really? I mean, well, let's let's be honest. Can they just limit Alabama to like one of those big plays instead of four of them? Because that's what they they've been hitting some landing some haymakers this year.
1: Yeah, I mean here's my here's my point on that. When teams play LSU, Nick, that's a skew the numbers game for opposing offenses. That's
0: a good point. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you have to look at it that way because it's been like that all season. Ole Miss ran up a fifty burger on them. Missouri had probably their best offensive performance of the season against LSU. That has been a skew the numbers game. Luther Burton
0: was the re- leading receiver in the country after that game.
1: <laughs> but if you look at Alabama and every other game Nick outside of Mississippi State, like all their their scoring is in the twenties. Like they beat Tennessee thirty four to twenty. They got a strip sack on Joe Milton.
0: This is it like they, the fourth quarter too, kind yeah. of dagger. Yeah,
1: it was. Tw- they scored twenty seven points in the game. They scored twenty six against a They scored 24, I believe, against Arkansas. They were in the 20s against Ole Miss. This is what this offense is. With It's very much a Tommy Reese offense in that they're not great at any one particular thing, and that's a lot of his offenses were at Notre Dame, but they're not necessarily bad at one particular thing. They're well-rounded, but they have some limitations, I believe, on offense. So Kentucky, defensively, you need to hold them to what they're established, a team that scores in the 20s in, in SEC games. And if you do that, then I think you'll have a shot to really hang in there and maybe make a run at winning. But if you go out here and let this team score 38 points, score 33 points, score 51 points, you're not going to have a shot in, you know what, that win at having a chance to compete in this game. So, I mean, a lot of this is about the, the defense needs to show up and play. You know, Jalen Milrell's is a heck of a story. He's one of the bigger surprises in the SEC. Um, there's some crazy comps out here for him right now.
0: Oh, God. Urban, Urban, just chill, bro. Just chill. But that
1: is but that – isn't like what we saw against LSU is not – That's that was a one-off in my opinion, what I've seen. Now, he could prove me wrong on Saturday and go on to this crazy run, but I don't believe that's what we'll see from him moving forward. So, you need to keep Alabama to who they are on offense, which is a good offense who has some efficiency issues – uh, number sixty-six overall and success rate. Uh, running the football wise, their, their two backs are not having a great seasons running the ball. And then Jalen Milrow sack rate Nick is sixteen point five percent. Will Levis's sack rate last year was, I believe, eleven point five percent. So you, we, everyone on on this sh- on this podcast feed, whether you're listening in your car on Thursday morning, where you're on the YouTube show right now, everyone remembers how bad of a beating. Levis took in the pocket sacks they're giving up sacks at a much higher clip so you need to get some pressure on Millero you need to get him on the ground you need to get some sacks create um, long down and distances and you need to go out and make some plays this game they haven't he- made plays in these other games
0: and in- Deion Walker talked about it tonight yeah, he said we're still writing our legacy and right now I think the the biggest problem with this Kentucky defense is making those big plays on second down and then giving up a third and seventeen, or you know you know it just it it's it's felt like now they've had they've scored tons of defensive touchdowns. It's been awesome. They've created turnovers and there will be opportunities um, on Saturday, but it's felt like they've been very close so much. So now you have some opportunities to leave your legacy by making those big plays, right? There's a lot of people who like, J.J. Weaver, what, what's been his deal? You know, here's your time. Here's your time. Here's, uh, as Tom Leach put it, this is, this is one of those games, if you get the win, it's the game that everybody talks about at the reunions. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Come, they, this would be the team that beat Bama, right? You would go back and you would think about this team. So you have that opportunity on the table. You need to take advantage of it. And – I, I think, like, as you said, Luckett, a lot of it's going to come down to how well does this front seven get after Jalen Melrose? How, and, and you know who play a big role in that? It's the guy who talked about it today, Deion Walker, and then Trevin Wallace. Um, I feel like another big lesson we learned from the Mississippi State win, Luckett, was that, hey, uh, I think think Trevin's back. I think he's he's looking good.
1: Yeah. Also, Nick, they haven't produced multiple takeaways in an SEC game this season, the defense.
0: Hmm. Yeah, they have. Not in one game. Vanderbilt. had two pick sixes. Well, that
1: don't – other than that.
0: Since (laughs) since September. Okay, that one – other than that one. Uh, uh, You know what? Not sorry, Vandy fans. Like, you don't care. (laughs) Sorry. Okay,
1: other than that one. Okay, I, I apologize. Because they have multiple takeaways in three of the first four games. And now they've gone on a stretch of five games without producing multiple takeaways, and didn't have a takeaway in the Tennessee game. You know, if the defense gets one takeaway in that game, Nick, they probably win the game,
0: right? Yeah, could not get a and stop.
1: So, and so you that's got you've got to get some. You got to start getting some more takeaways, especially if you're going to give up yards like they're giving up at certain points in these games. Um, so that's big. So I think there's just a lot of. A lot of pressure on the defense this week. They need them to play better. And how Kentucky's built, just as a program, stylistically, uh, how they, how who they want to be as an identity, as a football team, as a football program. You gotta go get some stops, man. You gotta go play some good, solid defense, and you gotta find a way to get off the field in critical situations. Uh, last week was a good first step. We could say competition, yada yada yada, but that was a good first step. Now let's see what they can do here moving forward in November. And I'm just glad we're entering this week without the quarterback injury um, stuff hanging over the, this, this, the, the pre- game prep here. So we know Devin Leary's going, so now we can dive all in and kind of figure out where they st- or these two teams stack up.
0: Well, let's dive all into it right after we dive into some Uncle Bucks. Yeah, those are some shorts that you can find at birddogs.com. Or maybe the April Big Cannons. The Indianapolis Joneses, those are just some of the wonderful options they have at Bird Dogs. And you should upgrade. You know, Kentucky's defense, it could use a little upgrade this week, some turnovers. Turn over your wardrobe by upgrading with Bird Dogs. I, like it, I, I find myself wondering, like, hey, what do I even ask for for Christmas? You know, like, when you become an adult man, you don't really – what do you need, Right? if if you're forcing your women in your life to watch this podcast with you or listen to it with you, ladies, your man will look better dressing some bird dogs, right? They're going to feel better, and they're going to look better, especially with the shorts with the built-in liner. Be more efficient, be more comfortable, and look so much better by rocking some bird dogs. Put in promo code KSR. You're going to get a nice hydro flask style water bottle with your purchase too. They can just be, uh, uh what, what do you call those gifts? The uh, white elephant? Yeah, it can be your white elephant too. Just throw it in, boom. You take care of that. Check that box. Check all your boxes this holiday season by shopping for the men in your life at birddogs, birddogs.com slash KSR. Uh, Luck like it. I forgot who I was talking to. They said that they really enjoyed the way I say, it. oh, Luck like it. Sound like I'm uh, uh, the local yokel. Uh, <laughs> Here's a question I got for you: Do we did we ever does it matter what Devin Leary's injury is? Because I'm I'm getting a star in my right eye right now, so I'm having trouble reading. I did Devin Leary just get uh, an What's abrupt stye?
1: Sty? What's a stye?
0: You don't know what a stye is?
1: You never have one, one head. of those?
0: No. It's like you basically get like a giant.
1: Like, red, little. You don't have to show me. You just tell me. But I, I'll, take your, I'll take your word for it. It's
0: like you get like this, uh, your eye swells up, and you get like a giant bump on your eyelid. It sucks. I don't know why it gets there. It's like a product byproduct of irritation stress. God knows what. Maybe he just had a sty. was having trouble seeing. Um, and, you know, a little warm compress. That does a lot. That does a lot to help you out. So maybe he got that warm compress. Uh, now he can read, and uh, now he can play. He said as much last night. it, but he he did not elaborate much about that injury, did he?
1: No, he did not. Um, I asked him if he got his bell wrong. He said, "Yeah." yeah. So take of that what you will.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he got was, his bell wrong.
1: To me, it I'm was like, a
0: Starkville special. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm assuming here he got a little, he got shook up in that game. He got. I think he took a hard hit on the ground, was kind of shaken up, but I think he was probably just fine. So I don't know if it probably wasn't a – to me, Nick, it, if it was anything it was probably a mild concussion, this is just me kind of assume, guessing. Um, you know what they say about assumptions. Yep. Um, they make asses of us all, but, hell, this mm-hmm. is a podcast. So what, I mean, what else are we doing here? Uh, so I think that's probably what happened. But I think he passed all the tests. He said he went through a protocol on Sunday. It tells yeah. me that he went through all I, the – I don't think it was the,
0: style protocol. I don't <laughs> think they have one for those.
1: Tells me what the tests were and that they cleared him. Um, I think they – you know, now you look back at the game, they probably cleared him to go back in. But he – like he was still kind of jittery, I guess, in the head. And so they just kept him out. Uh, because I think he probably passed the test there would be my guess. Um uh, and then he passed it again on Sunday, so he's good to go. So that's where we stand. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a weird moment there in time. Probably a moment nobody yeah. will remember mm-hmm. by this time next week. But definitely in the moment and then the last couple of days, it was kind of like, ooh, what's going on? Because it definitely felt like
0: i mean, a it's head injury to me. It's just such a relief, too, that we're not doing the whole speculation leading up to it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like we've dealt with before and not. We experience it more often with the the basketball program with like, will they play? Will they not play? What's actually going on here? Um, but it would have been really uh, a tough sell, I think, for a lot of fans to buy in. I mean, the best part about being a college football fan is convincing yourself you're going to win every game. I mean, that's that's the fun of this sport, right? It's what makes it so beautiful, so dumb, is that you got a week to talk yourself into a win, It would have been really hard to do if we didn't know if Devin Leary was going to play or not. Um, And so I I think he showed us some good, but the problem with that offensive performance in Starkville is that they they couldn't get the running game going. The one drive they did, they marched right down the field, and it was a great four-minute drive right before half that put the game away. Um, Yeah. But the rushing game has been inefficient. Ray Davis is your best player, and you haven't been able to use him for – Whatever reason, um, I as much as we've been kinder to the offensive line as of late, the the coaching staff was not this week. They were pissed off at the way they played at Mississippi I, State.
1: I think it was the interior. I think they the tackles played well, I thought. But the interior of the line had a woeful performance.
0: I mean, that one where Barryon just got drilled on the blitz. It's like, did you all not see that guy just walk up into the A-gap? You know, I mean, they were just – Open the may gaps all night long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they have they definitely have to play better. I think offensively too, they were really close to scoring a couple times and then Leary goes out early. So, you know, and it was a stoop special to sit on the lead when he gets a lead. We've seen him do that before, especially up on the road, double digits. Let's just get out of here. Uh, that's just kind of his style and But you're right on the running game. Nick, Ray Davis was one of the more explosive running backs in the country. Last two weeks, he's got one run over 10-plus yards in 40-something carries.
0: Not great, Bob. Not great, yeah.
1: For how Kentucky's built – they're not built to be just this hammer away efficiency machine on the ground for the most part. Because they're taking they're too
0: gonna, many tackles for loss and they're ending up on like second nines, right? And that's yeah, where you get yourself into trouble. Right,
1: right. First down efficiency killed them in the game run game. First down run game efficiency really hurt them in that game. And then they're just not creating the chunks. They really had the one drive that was really good, but you mentioned the four minute middle eight first half touchdown drive. Other than that, they, they struggled to get the ground game going. And let's be honest, after Davis, they don't really have much there.
0: No, they were playing, which that, that – And that's that, a surprise. We thought that would be
1: a kind of a committee approach and some other guys would emerge. Um, Jamarion Wilcox is – we wouldn't even – you know, you just they never heard his name really all year. Uh, no, nope. A true freshman that they were really excited about. Ramon Jefferson kind of took some snaps, but I think that was because Jaton McClain got hurt. Yep. early in the game. And then Demi Sumo-Kharnbe, they, they they've had they kind of mit, moved him to the receiver full-time, it looks like.
0: Pretty much, yeah.
1: And so they've got to figure out what they're going to do there. But, yeah, that's a concern moving forward. Because Bama's run defense is good. It's not great. It's not the typical Bama run defense, I would say, but it's good. They can stuff the run. But they, you've got to be able to find something on the ground. The way Kentucky is built, again, back to this identity stylistically, you've got to be able to run the ball some. You can't just – can't have what ha- occurred on Saturday even if they're stuffing the box like that um, you got to find ways to get some productive runs so you so you can open up the play action game and do some other stuff uh, where you're not just drop back to dependent
0: because that that's where they've been most explosive offensively through the air is just play action I mean yeah the big play to Tavion Robinson to set up their first touchdown play action he had plenty of time max protect boom finds his open guy down the field same thing against Tennessee right? They stack the box, you fake the run, you throw it over top of them. I mean, it was – and that that's really my biggest concern going into this game is offensively, are they able to run the ball effectively enough to, to set up those shot plays on play action? Because mm-hmm. that's kind of the way I, I, I tease this episode out is, hey – where is Alabama at its most vulnerable? And you wrote about it uh, yesterday on the site, and I know you're going to have more of it in the scouting report tomorrow on KSR+. Plus. Subscribe now, 50% off your annual sub. Uh, it could be a nice Christmas gift, too, this holiday season. Uh, but explosiveness. Alabama, they give up big plays. You can, if you can land some shots, that's that's how you can – apply some game pressure uh, in the second half, something that Kentucky hasn't done in these top ten matchups.
1: Yeah, I just think you got to look historically what has been, typically what beats a Nick Saban team, teams teams that can throw the football, can really challenge them vertically down the field. So I think you're going to need a big Leary game to win on Saturday. You're going to need some run game to alleviate some pressure. From your throw game, but you're going to need your receivers to make competitive catches, and you're going to need Leary to make some big boy throws and um, some play extension and create when maybe nothing is there, and so you're going to need a big game from your passing game. But you, he's got to help some help from the run game. You can't just be you can't just be a non-factor there, especially with this Alabama pass rush with Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell off the edge. You cannot just let them pin their ears back 60 percent of the snaps. Where okay, we got to run stuff. All right, on first down, let's let's rush the full goal, rush the passer here on second and eight, and then on third and nine. You just cannot let them do that, or you're going to be in deep, deep trouble. So you got to find some semblance of balance, but at the end of the day, your pass game has got to have a, a very productive performance for you to have a real chance to go and score the points you need to score to have a chance to win this game.
0: Which uh, would, in theory, involve – uh some, some some big plays from Barry on Brown and uh, Siri just thought I said Siri instead of in theory. So my phone's being all weird. She's getting ready to talk. Shut up, Siri. Not <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Um but same moment you had a year ago, Barry on Brown's best game was against Georgia at home. Or against some future NFL players. Maybe this is a game where he can get some vertical shots in. Right. He rises to the occasion. I know Kool-Aid McKinstry, Caleb Downs, and Co. aren't exactly the 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 most vulnerable of targets. Pretty good pretty good football players. That like Caleb Downs. Um I think we're gonna yeah. be hearing about him a lot in the future. He's 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 a ball player.
1: Yeah, you know, he'll be a first round pick. He might already be the best player on their defense as a true freshman.
0: It's crazy. He's really pretty. good. At- Pretty good. Did you uh, did you get all hot and bothered about the Dallas Turner hit? I can went back and
1: watched it. No, no,
0: oh, I I didn't understand it. Like it's just I, yes, I I thought everybody just got mad because Jaden Daniels got a concussion from it. I mean they don't get mad if he just doesn't get concussed because it looked like a pretty normal hit. He hit him like it was a little up in well, his I- jaw. But it decided of like, the
1: game because I mean Daniels was out and the game was over. I mean it was LSU was down seven. Didn't he throw a pick on that play?
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that I mean that kind of that decided the game because even down two touchdowns, but LSU could have came back. So I get the frustration, but I didn't think it
0: was. I mean, it's like, not like it was it a was, dirty play. He just it was a it. vi
1: it was a violent, vicious I mean,
0: hit. I think too, That's like our minds are so clouded by the NFL rules that we're just like, eject him, get him out of here. He's never played football again because we're used to, if you just fall on a quarterback on the NFL, it's a 15-yard penalty.
1: But, yeah, that's an automatic penalty in the NFL. I mean, that's totally against the rules. But in college, I think it's a little different. I didn't think it was a super dirty hit or anything like that, but he did hit him high. I mean, it was some helmet-to-helmet contact. So, I mean, from that aspect, could it maybe fall into the targeting realm? Uh, Possibly, but I wouldn't say that was. uh, There's a lot of Dallas Turner's a dirty player going out there. I'm not super familiar with his game. Not closely watching Alabama every week, but I I didn't necessarily think that was a dirty uh, play. It just was a violent, violent strike on the quarterback.
0: Doesn't Dallas Turner sound like a '90s TV protagonist? He's he's you know uh the a cop who has to operate on the dark side. Dallas Turner, PD, coming to ABC this fall.
1: I no? was gonna go more um uh, country singer in a sitcom.
0: Oh yeah, or just country singer, period. Um, yeah, they would have to be a Texas band though with a steel guitar, kind of like the guys in Midland, you know? Dallas Turner is Midland's bass player. Okay. You can't convince me otherwise. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not a big country music guy. I, I like them; they're fun. And I'm kind of bummed that they rained out our SEC Media Days parade. That's
1: right; they were supposed to be there.
0: Yeah, say I got a drinking problem. I got no problem at all. Just good steel guitar. It's it's good for the soul. Uh, I just about like that. just like going to watch a game with tickets from Game Time. It's great for the soul. Really heals you. Gets you right, and especially you know, mom and dad. You haven't gotten out in a while. Just go open your game time app. See what's coming up soon. You can go watch Louisville play goal in the dark football tomorrow night for ten bucks. Um, you can go watch a comedy show in town. Really excited. Nate Gar- Bargatze's coming on tour. Um, concerts, games, Alabama, Kentucky this Saturday. Whatever it might be, game time has got you covered. And if If you're in a pinch, wait, last minute, it just takes two clicks. All you got to do is scroll through, figure out where your seat is, put in promo code KSR for your first purchase, and you get $20 off that first ticket with game time. So much happening right now between basketball, rep arena, football. Maybe you just want to take – I took once an impromptu trip to Chicago for the Champions Classic back when I was in college. One of the most fun trips I ever went to. I looked into free tickets. You can get tickets with a great deal. With our friends at Game Time, promo code KSR for twenty dollars off your first purchase. You ever, you ever done the Champions Classic? like it.
1: I have not done that. I've done CBS Sports, but I've not done Champions Classic.
0: CBS Sports is the way to go because it's a Saturday. You know, you mm-hmm. just you get to do the whole weekend. It's a little bit easier. But uh, even though Kentucky lost, it was those. I don't like a lot of neutral site basketball games, but getting. One of those four-team events is fun. Uh, I mean, I, we were we snuck into some seats, and they were right behind Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was sitting right in front of us. It's like, hey, hey
1: it's Magic. This is it's pretty awesome. Uh, well, no, actually, I take that back. I did Champions Classic 2013 um, when they lost to Duke. Um, Cal's the year after the title team. So I, I did that. I've done that in CBS Sports. Champions Classic atmosphere was a lot better than CBS Sports atmosphere. Now, Kentucky was playing Ohio State that year. That that matters. We're 0-2 in Luckett's Champions Classic, CBS Sports (laughs) Classic double dip, so maybe I should stop going. Uh, So, yeah, that matters. I heard the Monk team, the Fox team, when people went out to that. Kentucky, they said that was probably one of the the best basketball environments they've ever been in, and the game was just awesome. So, it all depends on kind of that.
0: Oh, yeah. But I, I, did, I, did,
1: I did enjoy the Champions Classic, just the experience of that. I enjoyed that more than the CBS Sports Classic where it felt like um, – uh, it just felt like – Cavernous. Really important.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. Our um, – a mutual friend of ours, he went with me to CBS Sports when Kentucky beat UCLA. It was, what, like 31 to nothing. That's one of the most fun games I've ever been to. Yeah. Just, I mean, absolutely just ripping the soul out of an opponent – with the name like UCLA, that was a lot of fun. And he was at the uh, game in Vegas, and he, Roy Williams was at the craps table with him afterwards. Yeah, I think yeah. he also played cards with Allen Iverson that weekend. So it was a big, it's big weekend uh, there in Vegas. Still have not done Vegas. I gotta, I gotta change that. I, I, I absolutely have to. I'm... Well, it's
1: that's disappointing because the way the season is going, looks like Duke's Mayo Bowl is a clubhouse favorite. And if this was an odd year, Kentucky would be in the prime position to go to or if this was an even year. It, yeah. They'd be going to Vegas. But now it looks like could be going to to Charlotte and like to see the the content we would get or the buzz we would get from Mark Stoops getting mail dumped on him. That that might break the website.
0: I mean for a day in December. And the, the thing is too is he would have to do it, but nobody would be more pissed off about it because so far they've only had hacks like Beamer who just love going viral and stuff. Mike
1: Loxley did it last year
0: and he looked pretty miserable during it. But I don't think so. Mark Stoops does not want to be dumped in mayo. Me, if we end up getting some mayo bowl action, I'll, I'll, just, yes, give me, give me the mayo. I'll, I will eat your mayo. And I will enjoy it. It's going to be a wonderfully mayonnaise tastic time. Um, do we, if we go, do we do
1: the Mike Golic Jr. thing and get some Duke's Mayo and eat Oreos with it?
0: I no, oh, we we do it all. We're, we're, <laughs> I I will I will I will reach out to the PR person at Duke's Mayo and say, Hey, listen, what? Give me content ideas. We'll I'll do them all. I don't. I will be have mayo coming out of my nose by the time this damn trip is over with. I don't care. Just give me the mail, please.
1: Dukes Mayo, uh, it's good. I like it.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's one of the few things I will go name brand for. So, um, I know Dukes mail is listening right now and they're excited uh, about that prospect. We're excited about potentially going to Charlotte. Uh, we're also excited to head on over to KS Board to answer some questions where, well, I get this is a question that seemingly comes up every year. Um, but uh, Walker said that Godfrey mentioned it on his podcast earlier this week that if Kirk is out, he's already writing Stoops in to Iowa. Has that ship sailed, or are we still getting What? I, I, – I've kind of gotten over that, but it, it doesn't sound like that is going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I think that's very much alive when you consider everything. Just new SEC, no divisions, all – Everything that comes with that, I think that's very much something he's going to have to consider. He's not going to be a cheap hire for Iowa. They're going to have to really pay. But like for Mark and to be able to bring Mike Stoops back, like that would be a big deal for them. And I think that's something they'll definitely have to consider. And I think it's something he would consider. Um, so that that that's definitely out there if that ever. If it ever moves that way, you know we gotta we have to see what Kirk Ferentz does. Was he just blowing smoke up everybody's, you know what? Um, about staying a couple more years, or was he serious about that? And th- are they going to try to push him out? Or are they cool with maybe him trying to go out and get a new offensive coordinator? Um, but we'll have to wait and see. But Here, if that if that does happen, Nick, I I think I know who the next head coach of Kentucky's going to be.
0: Yeah, I think I do too, and he's. Got one of the leading rushers in college football right now. He's got a, a former cat he recruited in Kentucky, catching 50-yard bombs. I think he's got five 40-plus-yard touchdowns this year in Chris Lewis. Um, so, yeah, I think John Summerall would get a call pretty quickly from Mitch Barnhart. The, here's the thing with this. Everybody just always assumed it would be Stoops. How much – you're changing you're, – I know they don't want to do what Wisconsin's doing. I don't think they want to make that drastic of a change. But part of the reason why you have pushed Kirk Ferentz out is for something new. How much new do you get with Mark Stoops at Iowa? You know he's yeah, he's a young I, Kirk Ferentz, right? I mean, I just the same reason
1: like Kentucky would hire is kind of same reasons they're going to hire they would hire yeah. Mark Stoops. It's true. Established winner, you know, it's once games, alum, um, all of that. And the thing with Mark Stoops, as much as maybe people complain here about an offensive identity and stuff, uh, like, let's play out if he goes to Iowa. He's, he, Liam Cohen's either going with him. Or if that doesn't happen, I would bet some, some spare change in the couch cushion that. Uh, Mark calls up Joe Moorhead, who's having a rough go. Yeah, at Akron, it's just like Real Joe, rough. come over here. Let's let's get you back in the Big Ten. Come call plays. Let's go win some games, and then you can go and kind of reset and figure out what you want to do, um, whether it's getting the NFL, yada yada, do this or that. But just come over here, work with a program that knows how to win and know, has resources where you're not just messing around over there at one of the um, least funded programs in college football. Come over here. So I think there's just that in general, he would get a good offensive coordinator in there and that would be, that would be a spark I think for Iowa, just seeing an offense that could score 26, 27 points a game, I think would fire uh, some people up over there in Iowa city.
0: We're Currently there's a conversation in the YouTube chat about Texas Pete hot sauce. And it's, it's just not, it, come on, why would you ruin your palate on Texas Pete hot sauce? It's fine, but just like Frank's, that's fine. You got to really step your game up. Get some Cholula or get some Louisiana hot sauce. None of this Texas Pete. I, I feel like I could make Texas Pete hot sauce. Just the most basic red hot. It's just hot. It doesn't, there's no flavor to it. Cholula adds real flavor. And, you know, I mean, Texas sure it's spicy. Go south of the border if you want to get spiced up. Come on. Yes. Thank you, J.M. Breeze. Texas
1: Pete, though, rode with Jefferson Pilot for a long time. So they got yeah, that well, going for them. So
0: did – what What was the sun, sun-kissed Sun – not sun-kissed, the – what's the, the – The chips. Yeah. The golden Flake. Golden Flake, yeah. But that those weren't any good. <laughs>
1: I, I do love when I go on SEC road trips, usually Alabama or I think Mississippi, you just go on a gas station and they've got 80 brands of Golden Flag Chips and you're like, where do these come from? Dude,
0: one thing <laughs> They that's only great. exist
1: here. And RC Cola used to be back in the day. That was a big one too.
0: Zaps, um Chips. Have you ever had Zaps? The Louisiana? I don't think so. They're like the Louisiana Grippos where it just one bite of chip is a salt shaker. It's just so much sodium But it is so good. They're they're great. They're more kettle style, though. Uh, But I'm starting to see them more at at my local Kroger. So if you've never had Zapp's chips, Bourbon Street style chips, maybe give those a try. And uh, maybe give KS Board a try. Um, 50% off, like I said, this week. Annual subscription.
1: Nick, let's talk about the tempo right quick.
0: Yeah. That's a question we get a lot. It's
1: probably a talking point. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some thoughts on that.
0: Uh, Ooh, look at thoughts. Let's hear. Number
1: one, their efficiency is the biggest issue, I think, with this operation. Uh, They're eighty-six, or excuse me, yeah, they're eighty-six in offensive success rate, tenth in the SEC in offensive success rate. So they're just falling behind the chains a lot. So I think that's a big issue. I also think Cohen going up to the box. I don't think that necessarily streamlines things, right? Yeah. Just walk me through. Cohen reads a pl- he gets a play, calls it in to probably Scott Woodward or whoever's on the GA and the mics. They have to get the, you know, they change personnel a lot. So they have to say, hey, you get in for there for him. You get in there. We're going 12, 12 here when we're at 11. So, it's, you know, you got to change all that out. Then you got to signal the play into Leary. Leary's got to get it. Get it on the card. Find it on the card. Read it. Cohen, Liam Cohen has said it's, you know, it's not NFL calls, but they are more lengthy calls than normal. Get it. Read it. Get it on the line. Do the motions and shifts in the line of scrimmage. Like just in general, it's a longer operation. So with the with where they're at right now and how slow they're moving, I do think this off season they really have to reassess just. Their whole play calling operation, whether that is does, if Cohen's going to be in the, the booth, how do they get this faster? Do they need to huddle up all the time? Like, is that something they need to do? Uh, do they, like, how do they get faster at this? I think, number one, they just got to get more efficient. That'll up the play count. Uh, but I think they've got just got to think about some things. Do ha- Can they figure out a way to dumb down the calls? Do we need to have...
0: Spider Y two banana. Yeah, can they have
1: just you know, orange Alabama, you know, orange Alabama Yankee, uh, where you've got three different calls for each position group, or what? I mean, whatever. You would, however, you could do it. I don't know how you would do it. I know it's complicated, more more complicated than that, but I do think they're over, they're they're so multiple, and we hear coaches say that all the time. Multiple. They they really are multiple on offense, and kind of how they use personnel. In formations and how they shift in and out. And I I think they want to huddle because I think the thought there is if you huddle, it's harder on the defense to get set, but mm-hmm. they're just not moving fast enough. So I think they got to kind of th- overthink everything. And my big thing is I would ask, do you really need to huddle? That's maybe the thing that would make it just I easy. hated
0: huddling so much. It was so unnecessary. Like we're smart, we call the damn play over, especially on defense cuz defensive calls are much shorter um, than offense, right? So like, if you just dig the signals, it was it was very simple. But I I felt like it was always an unnecessary thing. Here's a question for you, Lucky. What was um what was the play call, the the X Tigers bread and butter play call for the Mike Glaser back in the day?
1: O405. Oh,
0: is that all? Is it just O405? That was all you had to say?
1: You would have a formation 0-4-0-5. I mean, the call was like that. We were in and out of the huddle pretty fast.
0: But was it what ours was just right trap too. Right was the name of the formation. <laughs> like it was just such a all right. This this is it. Oh
1: four was 4 was just the veer over the over the B gap.
0: Yep. Between
1: the guard and tackle. 0405. 5 to the left. O four to the right.
0: Yeah, I and I love that like if it got to four if you just had flex right. Like it' They High schools, a great way of dumbing it down, making it easy on everybody. Shout out to everybody still alive, second round of the playoffs this weekend.
1: No, no when St. X was in fourth and one, a lot of it d- depended on where they could get the better double team at, mm-hmm. at the point of attack. Uh, but they were running. They were running at 0405. That's what we did all, all fall camp. All it's over season, and over. Run it over, and, you, and, over yep. and over. So when the chips are on the line, that's what we were running. And most of the time, you know, especially in short yardage, we got it uh, because people—you just couldn't stop it. If you got movement at the point of attack on a double team, you just you're getting three yards every time.
0: Um, are, are the Tigers gonna win this weekend? Hope so. I <laughs> was confident. Do you know Hope the so. last time Saint Trinity played in a home school?
1: Well, they get in COVID.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Before that, so, I'm not sure.
0: Long time. Long time. Yeah. One of the many big games. There's going to be a lot next week if the chalk sort of holds. So, uh, something to look forward to there. There's somebody in the chat that thinks that quarterbacks have mics in their helmet. They do not. This is not the NFL. They do,
1: they do not. Yeah. Um, that would help. That would help a lot if they did. Because you can get the call in like that. Like, Cohen yeah. can just talk to Leary. Well, but they, they don't have that in college. So, that makes it more
0: difficult. Somebody had uh, the video of all four Rutgers guys and the different colored – Hoodies doing their signals. Just put the damn radios in their helmets. Be so much easier.
1: Yeah, uh, Liam Cohen actually addressed this in a press conference, and he made it sound like it's it's kind of a safety thing that has to go through the NCAA because every the SEC has to have the same as
0: well. There's no uniformity. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think in the NFL they all use the same kind of helmet, so. Uh, his point was if the radio gets jarred loose, you don't want it to cause injury. And so um, he thought that a liability factor was at hand. I always thought it was a, a cost matter. But really, it, this is why having a one governing body is stupid. It should just be conference by conference. And that's why the conferences should just, the power of five, just do your own thing. You're operating that's with why, different <laughs> rules than everybody else. That's why the
1: Big Ten should take Jim Harbaugh to the woodshed.
0: <laughs> Which... <laughs> Man, I love that uh Michigan leaked that they got their signs stolen as like a see, we're not the only ones doing it uh, as like a way are you, to Are you going to I in a some, game they won by 30 in the Big 10 championship over Purdue?
1: Over the holidays are you going to do some big J journalism and find out well what what kind of cheating Purdue was doing over there?
0: So Jeff, what was what was Harbaugh's what was Harbaugh's signal for uh, all out blitz, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: when he ran uh, A-gap power, did he just flick you off on the sideline? I mean, what, what was he doing to the why, – Why
0: why did you just kick field goals all night? Dude, boy, go for the score. You had the cover all night, but you kept kicking sad field goals. Were the, you had the signals. Come on. Yeah, that was brutal too. It was like Purdue plus 20 or yeah. 17 and a half or something like that, and they just kicked sad field goals all night and failed mm-hmm. to cover. Failed to cover. Um, look at – we mentioned covering – and you should cover the spread with our friends at FanDuel where folks if you place a $5 money line bet and it wins you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you sign up with America's number one sports book today use promo code personnel and you'll get in on that action $5 money on bet and you'll win $150 in bonus bets FanDuel it's the number one sports book site in America it's great it's easy to use if you haven't played before um, and they have so much at your fingertips. Um, every sport, you name it, right now. There's there's a lot of crossover like it. I'm loving the college basketball parlays. Very fun to just uh, hit on it. I didn't really know what was going to happen in that Kentucky basketball opening game. So just to, to hit DJ Wagner over 10.5 points, boom. Done. Thank you. I'll take the win. I appreciate you, FanDuel. I appreciate you all signing up for FanDuel and putting in promo code PERSONNEL when you do that. And remember, you must be 21 and present in Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet. Expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler Look it, we got screwed with the Devin Weary entry last week because that single game parlay, it was there, it was there He's for the cash. taking, it yeah. was there to cash. And we've got one cooked up this week. But here's also something we're learning about single game parlays: if you play, if you if you've got four that you like, if you bet them all straight up, yes. And you go three and one, then you win your money back. Now the odds obviously aren't you win great. Money. You don't just win
1: your money; you win money.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, whereas now we haven't cashed one now, um, but you know we do. We do have a, a few plays for you. And like it, I like where your head's at because I think if Kentucky starts fast, well, first quarter, Cats plus two and a half action. Yes. Parlay that with over one and a half of your passing touchdowns, which he's
1: done. I think three or four games in a row now. He's thrown for at least two touchdowns.
0: I played that one separately last week too, and cashed in on that. And uh, I touchdown. wish I would have had Danky anytime touchdown, which we're also going to have in the same game parlay this week. So and that's
1: right over. That's right over seven to one on FanDuel. Boom. Um, it's plus seven. It's like plus seven thirty ish right now. So yeah, that's seven to one odds. I think. Leary had two touchdown passes, Nick, against Georgia. Dane Key's been really good for him here the last couple weeks. Kentucky's making an effort to target him in the red zone, so getting him in the end zone. And then this first quarter, like I've talked about, I think it's very important for Kentucky's defense to come out and win some battles. Can they do that early? And then with Liam Cohen, Kentucky's been really good in the opening drives, opening scripts. So if they get a score at all, or if they get a touchdown in the first quarter, you're feeling good. Yeah. Um, about that plus two and a half. So we're gonna ride ride that. Uh, I think it's got a good chance to cash. And then seven to one, it's pretty good odds for just a three three leg parlay.
0: Let's give it a rip and let's give it a rip with our friends at Fanduel. We'll ha- we'll talk more about our plays uh, on the Pigskin Preview Thursday. What can, can you believe? It's already week 10, 11? 11. Gosh,
1: it flies. Are you ready? Are you ready for the the December signing day and transfer portal blitz?
0: No. And then I'm not. the
1: quick and then the quick bowl game after Christmas.
0: See, okay, so here's my thing, like it. I'm. Actually, I think signing day's on the 20th. So I
1: mean, it's, no, it's going to be 20 like,
0: It's going to yeah, all, all be in
1: like a 10 day period.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be nuts. So yeah, 22nd. So we're going to have signing day, and then it's Christmas, and then we're at the bowl game. I mean, just bang bang choo choo train. Um, it's, it's going to be crazy. I am though. I can't wait till bowl season. I mean, I just, it's got me fired up because I know it's, especially when I look at the card and I see some stuff out there where, you know, I just like, I'm tired of these teams. The, I, <laughs> it, it's, it's mostly cause I bet too much big Tim West, right? Like that's, I, I I'm a, I'm a sicko. I'm doing it to myself. But I see these Big Tim West keep teams keep playing each other, and I'm just yeah, – I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm getting sick of them. I want to see them play somebody else. I want to see – like, how many times do I have to see Wake Forest with a short spread look at him and say, why the hell would I bet on this team? This is stupid. And just move on. So, I, I, I just
1: – At least have I'm moving
0: team. on. You haven't.
1: We will have more Big Tim West um, in Picks Preview this week.
0: Oh gosh. I think I know. We're going
1: we're going to the old faithful here to bet snap a losing skid. So get ready.
0: Is it, it's so sad that I have just started blindly betting Iowa unders and they just keep hitting, man. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm it really still is.
1: uh the uh the Michigan State one didn't the still upset about that. But yeah, I think they've hit every under since then. Yeah. The numbers keep dropping.
0: Oh man. It's um it's an exciting time for college football. As Brad White said, you get to the end of the season, your margin of error gets slimmer.
1: Right. There's not much runway left.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have less and less opportunities. You have to make the most of them. Let's, let's go ahead and map this out, Luckett. We don't have to predict Kentucky to win, but what what's the roadmap, right? What, what, is the, what does it look like if Kentucky does pull off an upset and – we're singing ding-dong, the witch is dead, and it's it's a party in Munchkinland in Central Kentucky.
1: How about don't get in a double-digit deficit in the first quarter like you did against Tennessee and Georgia? A good start. Get some stops early. Um, when adversity hits, don't crumble like you did against Missouri defensively. Uh, offensively, I think you've got to throw the football. I think you've got to be aggressive, especially early. I think getting a lead is really important early in this game. And so that's going to allow you to hang around because, in my opinion, Nick, Bama is not as explosive as these other offenses. I know Jalen Milroe has got – he's up over 10 yards per attempt. But, Nick, this is the second most run-heavy offense in the SEC behind Auburn. And that's only because Auburn can't throw the ball worth a lick. They're number 15th nationally in run-play percentage. This team wants to run the football, and they want to squeeze you out. But when you play like that, that's you're not built to just blow teams out of the water. So if Kentucky can get a lead early, hang around, then they've got a really good chance to get into the fourth quarter. I think it's a game where you're probably going to need two takeaways, either at least one takeaway and a huge special teams play, but most likely a couple takeaways. Um, and then I think just for Kentucky, it's just get a lead, have some success early, and then just hang around in that football game and get in the fourth quarter and see what happens.
0: And to go back to the run game, and I'm—I know that that's not the key to winning there, but if you have some early explosive plays through the air, then you can have some opportunities to give the ball to Ray Davis and create some first down runs. You know, Mm -hmm. just because nothing—nothing can help you exhale more if you're trying to put the air out of the ball in the second half. And you hand it to one, and he goes and gets 15 yards, and then goes and gets 10 more. So um, we need our friend uh, Josh Caddis, too to keep his hands inside. He's got five penalties.
1: That was that one on Saturday was
0: bad. One second was
1: soft. That was I I thought it was soft live, and I saw the replay. Um, That was that was not a good call there by the Mister Official. Um, But yeah, any big game, Nick, Nick, your stars got to be stars. So, who are Kentucky's best players offensively? Devin Leary, Ray Davis, and then the receivers, I would say.
0: Yep. You Thank Stars. Key.
1: Defensively, Deion Walker, Trevin Wallace.
0: Get home. Yeah. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Let's go do it. Let's go see it on Saturday. Hopefully, it's not a dreadful Saturday afternoon. It should be a beautiful day at Kroger Field. Wear your blue. Uh, UK Athletics is asking folks to wear their blue uh, for a blue out against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Let's knock out that wave. Let's do something special and maybe witness a little history Saturday afternoon. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Krogering.